This is the Z-Code Sports Betting Podcast. Are you struggling to find success betting sports? Tired of empty promises and scams handicapping services? Wondering why Vegas sports books become richer and richer and how you can win on sports too? This podcast is what the sports investing industry truly needs. An insider look into proven successful strategies. Z-Code Podcast is your crash course in sports investing that destroys popular misconceptions and provides invaluable sports prediction analysis tools that you can download for free. We outline insider winning systems from experts that make a living through sports investing and explain how you can do it too. Armed with the best tools in the industry and a proper mindset, sustaining profits is easier than ever before. Welcome to Z-Code Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another Zico podcast. This is Jake, and in this episode, I'd like to present to you Dustin. He is from Louisiana, and in this episode, we'll discuss his journey into betting, his love for baseball, and also entrance to the Zico community. Hey Dustin, glad we finally managed to get on a call and have a chat about sports and your systems. But before we dive in, how have you been? I have been really good. Uh, outside of trying to bet on baseball, life has been great for me. Uh, so, yeah, everything is great on my end. How are you, man? Uh, I'm really good. I'm quite excited about this conversation that we're going to have because uh, your systems are doing really, really well. And, well, here we are having the opportunity <laughs> to talk about them. <laughs> right. So on to the next question. When did this passion for sports begin? Well, I played sports my whole life, uh, and this goes back to like, I don't know, I was like two or three years old when my parents put me in Taekwondo, uh, which is a form of martial arts. Uh, so like by the age of five, I was a first degree black belt, which is uh, stupid uh, that I think about it. I was taking adult classes as a five-year-old, uh, but it was cool. It, it taught me the discipline. That, more than anything, I learned discipline uh, and how to throw a pretty mean uh, spinning back kick. But I was able to take that discipline into, like, the more traditional team sports. Uh, so once I got into, like, basketball, uh, basketball became my main thing throughout middle school. Played a little bit of football. Uh, wasn't my favorite. I was a really tall, like, skinny kid. Um, in the eighth grade, I was six foot three, but maybe 155 pounds. So not exactly football shape. Uh, and then when I got into, I think, yeah, seventh grade through high school, track and field became my favorite thing. Uh, I can watch that all day. Uh, and I think it was just because it was more of an individual sport. Uh, it was solely based on how you did. Uh, and yeah, it's a team sport, but it, each individual event, I mean, it's one person that has to perform. Um, so I, I guess the passion for it, I, I hate to even think that I have like a passion for sports, but I do, I do love them, uh, on a certain level. Uh, so it dates back to, you know, when I was two. And do you happen to watch sports as well? <laughs> it, it's on and off. It depends on which sport I have a problem with, uh, let's, uh, let's take the popular one in America, football, um, American football. It's Awesome. I've been to a college game. I, you know, in fact, I've been to an LSU versus Florida game in Baton Rouge. I'm from South Louisiana. But even that experience, as great as it was, I, I don't like all of the downtime. If you take a, a three hour televised football game, you're getting a max of like 15 minutes of actual football time. So I think the dead air time is what bothers me. And even when you go see it in person, uh, there will be like minutes that will pass in between plays. And I have to ask somebody, I'm like, what's going on? They're like, oh, it's a TV timeout. I'm like, okay, this is stupid. It's second down. Like, why are we taking time off here? Uh, so that bothers me. Um, I, can, I can obviously watch the highlights. I love the highlights. But to sit and actually watch a game, uh, I can watch basketball. That's fine. Soccer every once in a while. Uh, baseball, I don't know how much it would cost uh, for you to pay me to watch a baseball game on TV. <laughs> it, it's, it's a lot, but uh, it's uh, even if I have money on the game, I just it's too stressful because it takes too long in between every single pitch. And when every pitch matters so much, uh, that's that's a load of stress that I just don't want in my life. Uh, yeah, it's so funny because there's like at least, what, nine innings and in between mm -hmm. every single inning, you have 
<laughs> TPI. Well, it, to me, it's an it's a weird sport, and like this is really the first year that I'm sort of paying attention to it, just because like I, I want to learn it uh, and learn how to bet on it. It's uh, it, it always bothered me how okay, how can you play this sport? It, almost every team plays almost every day. It's a hundred and 80 whatever games for each team in a season. Uh, they can play two games in the same day. So, like, all of those factors, it, it, it bothers me. Yes, it's a sport, but, man, it's uh, that, that's, that's a lot to me. That, that's pushing it when you compare it to some other athletes. <laughs> so, how did you get into betting? Oh, this goes back. So I'm 34 years old now. Uh, so let's go back to when I was 20 or 21. Um, so way before like real online sports betting became a thing, uh, like you had to know somebody who knew a bookie and that's exactly what it was down in South Louisiana. There was a local bookie, you know, he was going around and was able to set up an account with him, uh, for a $1,000 credit, which <clears throat> is a terrible idea. If you don't know anything about betting on sports and, uh, you don't really have a thousand dollars to throw away. Uh, so it was stupid, but it was fun. So within about a month, uh, I lost that $1,000 credit um, strictly on like betting on NFL. Um, so that was like the intro to it. And then I didn't touch it for years. Uh, and then for like probably when I turned 28, I just kind of on and off, I, I would bet here and there. Uh, and what's bad is, again, being in Louisiana, you're looking at uh, we just made online sports betting legal so for years you had to use the you know sketchy bitcoin sites and vpns and um and i was just kind of playing around with it not serious at all uh so went a little bit lose a little bit and then finally this past oh uh, september or around august uh i decided that all right let me like get into this but let me try to do it seriously like more of a challenge not necessarily ooh, let's make a whole bunch of money because uh, I feel that's the wrong idea uh, when you first get into this. But, like, man, let me see. How do some people do this as a living? Even though that's not my goal, what have they figured out? What are their systems? You know, and obviously it's possible to get to that point. Uh, so let's see how close we can get. Um, and since then, it's been pretty much uh, an everyday thing for me to at least work on, you know, the system, study it a little bit more. Um, and that's actually right around the time that uh, I discovered yeah, Z code. So it was a pretty cool timing situation. All right. Yeah, we're going to get into talking about Z code down the line. Yeah. <laughs> so what interests me a lot is how you were betting back in the day. Obviously, you, you, you said you had the, like a, a local bookie, basically a person who goes around and takes bets, right? Uh, correct. Now they had a, a really, really like badly built website that we were All using. Right. Yeah. So it was, it was cool. It was again, super sketchy, but it was like, you know, go and meet this dude at a, a local bar, uh, to set up the account and, you know, get your username and password and then having to meet him a month later, uh, at that same local bar to give him a thousand dollars cash. Cause I lost everything. <laughs> it's really funny that the government is trying to impose so many restrictions on the people especially in regard to how they spend their money and this is quite ridiculous because well they were trying to do that with marijuana for a long time as well right yeah it's the same thing like you're telling grown adults for the most part that they can't do a thing like it's it's government saying that they know better than us and sometimes yeah but i'm a true believer in hey let people figure it out for themselves like let the market decide uh what's good and what's bad and it's it's tough whenever you have like again grown adults telling other grown adults no you can't do a thing whenever you're like oh but i really want to do that thing and it's not going to hurt anybody else um so it's it's interesting how slow it has taken the process of each state uh over here in the united states to open up online uh gambling but this is slowly progressing in the direction of them actually enabling it, right? That's... Oh, of course. Yeah, we just uh, opened up in February. Now, we were supposed to make it legal uh, before the NFL season started up. And then for whatever reason, 
I, you know, I put on my uh, tinfoil hat for this one uh, because it's like, all right, they had to spend all that time figuring out who's going to get the under the table money. Like, to me, <laughs> that's what goes on behind closed doors. I, I know enough of this crap to where they're figuring out who's going to get the most, uh, you know, funds um, that they don't really deserve. But on the flip side, you can even look at when Colorado uh, legalized, you know, uh, recreational marijuana. They basically said, all right, if you really want to uh, legalize, we're going to tax it at 40 something percent. And as a way of like, ooh, that they're, you know, they're going to back down. And everybody said, okay. And then boom, overnight, you know, Colorado becomes this uh, incredible state to like live in. Uh, so I think it's that where if you let the people decide, you know, and then we'll kind of figure it out from there. But when you start off with, no, you cannot do this. Uh, then everybody has a little bit of uh, anger in them towards it. And it usually leads to a not great situation. It's definitely contrary to what is or has happened in Europe, I suppose, as obviously the sports and the sports betting emerged, the regulations were starting to sort of, well, are still sort of evolving right now. Whereas in America it's being predefined. It's They're trying to put it, those rules in place before before it becomes legal to bet. And the general rule of thumb is pe most people don't report their incomes from, from betting. Actually, most people don't even make money from betting. But those who do and happen to make a lot of money, that's when it becomes suspicious, obviously, because of the the f sudden flow. Then they have to report this to the, uh, the tax man. Yeah, if you don't claim your taxes, but you drive a Lamborghini, Burgini, that's an issue, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, how's the MLB season treating you so far? Uh, frustrating. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's cool. Um, so it's up and down. I'm a little down right now. I think after last night, I'm like hovering like negative eight or negative nine units, um, which it, it's and it goes back to baseball being an odd sport. There are so many more variables. Uh, that come into play, especially when you want to put money on it, because you have to learn as much as I don't want to track like all of the pitchers and wait for the teams to decide who's going to be the starting pitcher for this game. And like that is a very important part of the game, obviously. So you can look at yesterday's game where the Yankees played the Orioles. And I mean, the Yankees have been spanking everybody recently. Yeah, uh, especially the Orioles, and the Orioles are a terrible team. And then ah, the Orioles won. <laughs> so it's like, ah, man, do I want to put that much more time into this system? Um, or can I keep it somewhat simple and general and then rely on extra tools or other people to see if they uh, agree or go against what, you know, my system says? So it's frustrating, but there are like little gems here and there where I can be like, ooh, that's a good thing to use. Yeah, the, the Yankees won the first match, but they lost the second, didn't they? Against the uh, Orioles. Correct, yes. Oh, yeah. that's, that's frustrating. That's and, and, but it was one of those where it's like, that makes no sense whatsoever. But it's also sports. You can pinpoint that in every sport all year long. In a retrospect, you could say Yankees doing as well as they're doing now is already a bombshell as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's... It was a surprise. Uh, well, at least for, to me. Uh, obviously, I don't know as much uh, about baseball as most of the people in Zico, but... Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, it's, it's weird to see. You, you, everybody has their preseason uh, expectations. I don't really get into that stuff, but when you listen to, you know, sports podcasts and everything, they throw out their power rankings and you know, uh, what are we, a month and a half, uh, however long we are into this season, you know, every team has played almost 30 games and how shaken up all those preseason uh, predictions are. Yeah. It, you could say that, you know, the teams that have spent the most amount of money, like Dodgers, would have been the ones who were <clears throat> dominating the, the fields, but it's not really the case. I mean, the Yankees are definitely a surprise this season. Correct. I, uh, go, go ahead. 
Uh, you you go you go. <laughs> uh, I was going to lead to the idea of okay when you want to look at the, the Dodgers and Yankees and my like own little power ranking system you know I have the Yankees at number one and then the Dodgers were number one but currently I think they I've put them down they're around like sixth or seventh or eighth around there mm-hmm. um, and I look at like for baseball I'm still trying to figure out how many games I want to go back um, like right now I'm using like the last. 20 games or so to kind of figure out these rankings uh i I need to figure out if i need to go further uh because i don't like to look at you know automatically say well since the beginning of the season because a lot of teams are different now than they were the beginning of the season so uh I, i i feel like it's one of those situations where the dodgers will end up coming on top uh by the end of the season just because they are so stacked and the little bit that I know about baseball, um, I've heard enough experts talk about how they're just absolutely uh, way too stacked. They're way too good, um, and they're gonna, st- you know, they're gonna start winning again uh, when it really, really counts. So it's similar to like the Golden State Warriors in the NBA. Uh, you know, for a while throughout the season, it, dude, they were frustrating to try and put money on. Because you didn't know how much of the injuries would affect them. And then it was like, man, are they going to get out of the first round of the playoffs? And then, you know, look at them now. So the great teams will end up being great when it matters. Um, and, I mean, the Yankees are great, too. They uh, they bought their team uh, just like the Dodgers did. And that's kind of the new uh, way to win a uh, baseball with no salary caps uh, is who has the most money. But... I think the Dodgers do come back, and uh, I think they finish off, and I think they'll win it all again. All right, so that's that's your prediction. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna bring you onto the really tough question, I think, which is, what are some of the lessons you've learned so far in this uh, baseball season? Yeah, um, small <laughs> small wager units. <laughs> um, I, I think going into a sport that you don't really know uh too well and you know going in uh, at least i know going in all right this is going to be a learning process so if i do want to put you know money on this stuff uh, then yeah there's going to be absolutely small it's tough because it's like uh the sport that i finally did uh quote unquote figure out uh nba you know that's finishing up so you have this gap in with nothing going on um you know, with the NBA, and you start getting that itch to, oh, uh, got to bet on something. And I think it's very important to control that early on. Um, there are times when you have to accept the fact that it is completely okay to not bet on a sport today or tomorrow. Or when I go on vacation, you know, I take a lot of trips. My girlfriend and I, we, we travel a lot. Um, when we travel, I do not touch it. I don't mess with the systems. I don't backtest anything. I don't put any money down. I am completely fine not betting on sports because I am on, you know, my little vacation. Uh, even if I spend a weekend in Vegas, which I was in Vegas three weekends ago, uh, Mm -hmm. didn't do anything. I didn't gamble. I I didn't bet on any sports. It's just, I'm there to kind of get away from that stuff. Um, so Mm -hmm. I think, that's one of the big lessons I had to learn was mentally, uh, it's okay to step away. Uh, you don't have to jump on every single bet that gets thrown out at you. Um, another uh, big one for me, and for me, it, this would be the biggest, is I had to get my like regular life uh, good in a sense that, all right, I have a really, really, really good career right now and this isn't like to brag or boast or anything um like i i get paid very well so that's ultimate priority is hey make sure that like this is the money that's coming in no matter what like my work my job uh i show up and they pay me i'm not betting on anything so as long as like that gets put into place and that foundation is created then it becomes a, a more fun thing to try and figure out like sports betting. Um, and that goes into like the next part is you have to keep it fun. The moment it starts getting like too stressful and the day that you place a bet 
saying I have to win this bet. No matter what, this bet has to win. I think that's the moment that somebody has to step away. I don't care if it's for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a month, a year. It does not matter. Whenever the stress overtakes the fun of it, uh, you got to back off. That's a huge lesson for everyone listening as well. No system it, is always going to win 100%. So. And that that's the tough part because, like, getting into it, it was like, whoa, you could put money on a sport and, like, double your money tonight, and then you could <laughs> double it again tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, you can, but you could also just lose all of your money right now. Um, so it's understanding both sides, and it's not like, oh, I got to just be better than 50%. If you're betting, you know, in your normal uh, minus 110 or 1.9 odds, uh, no, it's like 52.4% win ratio to just break even yeah. and you think oh well that extra you know two point that that's not that difficult no 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 it's really really difficult um and that's why when people say like man if you can hit 60 percent with like your average minus 110 or 1.9 odds like you you are killing it you are winning you are you could be considered a professional uh and even on that note I think it's very important whenever people say, ooh, I win uh, 65% of the time. That's fantastic. What, 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 at what odds? Like, what's your uh, unit profit loss? Like, show me that. That's what's important. Um, you know, you can, you can easily hit 65% if you're betting on favorites, you know? Uh, so that's why I, I, I don't like when people just say, ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm whatever percent. Like, cool give me give me some units how about that <laughs> so out of curiosity what sort of bookmakers do you use to my uh main wager. one is right uh, right now uh caesars and bet mgm uh, so I, I usually uh jump between those two mainly on caesars because uh they they have a pretty good reward system to where I think now, like since February, uh, I'm, I'm at three free nights uh, at Caesars Palace in Vegas. So I'm definitely going to take advantage of that this year. Um, so I like them uh, every once in a while. I'll get on like a FanDuel or DraftKings. Um, so really four uh, that I use and I, I, I can use so many more, but that's when it starts getting into like I have to keep. Uh, nine browser windows open and active to make sure I'm getting the best line and uh, that goes back to the man is kind of taken away you know from the fun of it um, just to edge out a couple more dollars yeah I was just taking a look, look myself at the bet MGM the website looks really really well made which is it wasn't really the case back in the days when the, the <laughs> new bookmakers in America well, they weren't even based in America. in America. They were based in like Panama and stuff. Oh, all of they, they looked, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they looked absolutely terrible. Well. And now you see actual professional website, which is really easy to navigate. Well, it's interesting because before you know Louisiana legalized everything, I was using a uh, Bovada, and then Bovada switched from um, they took away the option to use Bitcoin, and they wanted to go strictly like U.S. dollars. And I was like, cool, let's like transfer my account. And then they just like closed my account and I couldn't get in touch with support or none of that. And right after that, I was also using stake.com. Um, and they, after look, and I used stake for years. And then all of a sudden they were like, hey, um, you know, you're in the United States and you can't gamble. So they closed my account too. Um, so it, it's, it was like this odd movement of some of these uh, sketchy offshore sites that were, I guess, I don't know if they're trying to avoid uh, getting caught with what they're doing or what was going on, but something definitely happened uh, around late December, early January. Mm. Yeah, they're trying to go legitimate or something. <laughs> All right, so how do you analyze baseball matches? <clears throat> Uh, so my method is uh, every morning I will look at the day's games and I will put them all. Uh, I use Excel. It's old school, but, you know, it's working. It's functional. Uh, I'll make it pretty and automate all the stuff later on. But I'll uh, I'll take each game and I'll put them in a uh, in a spreadsheet and 
uh, I don't really mess with spreads in baseball. Um, so I don't necessarily analyze that. It would have to be like a ridiculous matchup difference for me to bet on the spread. So I want to look at uh, money line winner and the total, the over-under. Um, so I'll put it into my own built system to see what that says. Uh, and I'll mark that on the spreadsheet as, you know, which team, um, what's the percentage that my system is saying that, you know, they should win. Uh, and then I look at for the money line, I'll use uh, some Zico tools. And then for the total, what does my system say? Uh, and then I'll use uh, Zico tools for that. So it's just, it's, it's a pretty quick, simple method. And I do it early in the morning. Um, and if everything lines up and, you know, I have enough indicators saying, yes, we agree. Or if every indicator says, no, we disagree. Uh, that's sort of how I make my bets. Okay. Um, so we discussed it in lesser of a detail earlier on, but let's talk about it again because Yankees are a big <laughs> surprise this season. I would say, <laughs> well, you could say surprise. They, they are, they have a team which is one of the most expensive in the league. I think uh, the salaries <laughs> total to like two hundred fifty million ah. annually. So uh, it's it's crazy money, obviously, but they are a bit of a surprise this season, aren't they? Correct. Well, they, they've been a disappointment the past few seasons. When you spend that much money, you have a certain expectation. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like when a, a team in any sport, you know, they get that star player, a couple of star players on their team, and that first season is so disappointing. And that's when you start understanding the importance of, oh, this. in the end, it is a team sport. Like, do these players understand this brand new system that they just walked into? Well, a lot of these Yankees players, you know, they've been on the team for a little bit. So everything is starting to mesh and gel. Uh, that's why when teams say, oh, you know, it's a rebuilding, you know, season for us. And a lot of people get mad at that. But it's like, nah, there is an importance to that. Like when you are aware that, hey, this season, uh, guys, we're probably going to suck. So let's just try to get good at the system. And then next season, boom, you'll you'll see this all of a sudden this major jump um, in what they're trying to do. And I think that's what's happening with the Yankees this season. So <laughs> how do you see Dodgers in relation to, to this? Are they still a major contender? I believe you mentioned earlier on that, you know, they still have a whole season to play. We've only been a few months into, uh, into this season. So, yeah, well, baseball, they, they play 800 games a season, so, you know, they have time to come back. Uh, <laughs> they, 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 yes, they are still a major contender. Uh, and I honestly believe, like, that great of a team, that stacked of a team, um, unless they have some weird internal issues that, you know, we don't know about, uh, they, they, they bounce back. And we say bounce back, I mean, they're still doing really good. Um, yeah. It's just we have such high expectations that anything less than the best in the league, we're kind of like, uh-oh, what's going on? It's like, no, this is kind of what the sport is. When you have this many games, you cannot expect every team to give their absolute best every game. Like, even though the sport is, like, super slow, uh, you know, it does take some – it gets exhausting. Especially, I mean, we've had so many games already this season get postponed. And then, like, they got to play the next morning. And right when they're done with that game, they have to play the game that was scheduled that day. Mm. So it's like, oh, you just, you know, threw down 18 innings, uh, you know, back to back. So it, there's so many extra factors that go into it. But, yeah, the, the Dodgers are going to be fine. They'll be good. They'll be fine. <laughs> On the contrary, what about teams like Astros? It, it... They're also pretty, doing pretty well, aren't they? It's interesting, yeah. I, I think they, uh, and I don't have my sheet up in front of me, but yeah, I got them up uh, pretty high. Uh, I think earlier in the season it was kind of sketchy, but and it's funny you say that. I'm, I'm in Houston right now. I just passed by their stadium. Um, <laughs> it, it's they, they, they're another one. I mean, there's they're also a great team, and a great team is going to do great things. So it, it's I think we're already hitting that weird point in the season where. 
some teams might start taking a few days off if they've already figured out how good they actually are um they know when they can you know they got to hit the gas or if they can kind of take it easy for a few games um which that makes it very difficult to bet on because basically you're hoping that each team comes in full force and they're going to give it 100 uh, percent yeah and rarely rarely is that the case all right so we've got yankees we we discussed uh Astros and then Dodgers. Obviously, there's a few more contenders. As you said, there's 800 games in the, in the season, so it's <laughs> <laughs> still a lot to. Uh, mm-hmm. There's still a lot to the season. Um, so, how does the season differ from the seasons before? Obviously, as we said, we're only a few months in, but you know, a lot of rules have changed as well, like the uh, additional innings, for example. <clears throat> Are you seeing much of a difference in terms of betting opportunities as well? So, and that's the topic because, like, I, I've never, I didn't bet on baseball before. I didn't even watch baseball before. I couldn't tell you uh, what happened throughout last season, but I will tell you, I do like the new rules that you know they're they're trying to put in place. Yeah. Um, I, I think they've realized how slow of a game it was and still is, and when you, you have enough people saying, "Hey." Uh, why are we stretching in the seventh inning? What 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 are we doing here? Um, also, like, why is it taking so much time for each pitch? And I know the traditionalists hate that stuff, but <laughs> you also have to see it as this is a business. We need eyeballs on this sport so that we can get advertiser money. We need people in the seats. Um, and when you have people that, especially like as newer generations are getting into these sports, uh, when they get bored. And now, I mean, look, people now we have TikTok, we have all of these things where it just it's quick. It's a lot of quick videos and things that'll just get your attention and boom, onto the next thing. So I think people's brains are just different. It, it, we're too much on the go, go, go to try and sit down and, and watch a very slow game and call it a sport. Um, so I, I do like the new stuff. And I think in, uh, when they start hitting extra innings, they're like they're putting runners on bases already. Yeah, uh, which I love that. Like to me, that's exciting because that's when baseball gets fun. Is when you have runners in scoring position, and now every pitch is that much more important. Uh, and those are the times when, like, I'll put the game on and be like, "All right, this is cool." Yeah, you just got me thinking. <laughs> I can't think of a, a TikTok video where someone is taking two minutes to pitch and then you know the they hit no, it over, I, I, but it, it's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> Damn, you hit a homer, but like the video was boring for most of most of it. So <laughs> yeah, just show me the homer, all right? I don't need to see the full three-two count, all right? No, just show me the one where he hit the ball. <laughs> so and also, I'm thinking uh, real quick. There's yeah. some. Uh, I know I forgot which team. Some of the players tweeted out that they're thinking that uh, the MLB is juicing the balls um, oh, for wow. like primetime games on TV because they're saying that the it feels different if it's a, a night game on TV versus like a, a noon game that's not televised nationally. Uh, they're saying the balls are traveling uh, quite a bit further at night. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit weird. Is that based on what it used to be like in the in the night? Because obviously the the atmosphere is different. The, the temperature is different. Um, it's in yeah, and that's another one of those weird variables that I never want to track. Uh, I'm not about to start putting you. I'm not about to start putting humidity percentage on my spreadsheet. But uh, I, I I looked into it a little bit, and it seems like every couple of seasons, at least, uh, it'll become a topic of conversation. Like, okay, are they juicing the balls for certain games? And but if you look at some of the home runs, uh, I know there's one this season that Mike Trout hit. Now, granted, Mike Trout is one of the best hitters in the MLB, but it looks like he halfway through the swing, he like decided he didn't really want to swing. So it was like a really slower, weaker type of swing. And he hit a home run. It was just weird because it's like, ah, did he hit it just that perfect? Or, you know, is this baseball full of uh, helium and, uh, you know, rubber bands inside? Yeah, that was back in, uh, that was a few days ago, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, it's like, been a, it's uh, been a little bit, but and I mean he's an absolute monster. But to see it like a home run on that kind of hit, it's like, hey, wait a second, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, maybe he's gonna carry Angels to uh to the victory. <laughs> they're sneaky. They're sneaky, man. I say they're sneaky. They're good, but like I think they're gonna uh, sneak up a little bit. They have a uh, between Trout and they got a uh, I don't want to butcher his name, but Otani, I believe. Who's like that is some weird anomaly in baseball? How great he is, but I think the Angels are uh, they're gonna they're gonna keep sneaking up throughout the season. Do, do you know what um, I find funny as well is when uh, Mike Trout hit that home home run, he mm -hmm. obviously went back to the box and they took his helmet off and they put on a, one of those like Texas hats on him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't know why. There must be uh... some story behind it, but. Uh, <laughs> right. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, I wanted to discuss uh, Z code with you. Yes. So, what sort of tools do you use? So, uh, for a while, I wasn't really using any of the tools, but lately, um, with this kind of new project that I'm working on, that uh, I'll get to that in a bit. Um, right. I I'm basically comparing like, all right, what my model says, and we'll take what I do for baseball. Um, if my model says, okay, uh, the Yankees are going to win, cool. Does the Z code score predictor, does that agree with me? If it does, then that'll get, you know, a check mark or a yes. I use a yes or no system. Um, so if I say yes, it'll paint the box screen and basic Excel stuff. I'm not some sort of like Excel genius yet. Uh, so, like, score predictor uh, for that. For uh, over-under, the totals predictor, um, I'll see if that agrees with my system. Um, so that's a good one where you can see, uh, and it, there's levels to it because it's not just, okay, are both teams, you know, are they, is the, uh, on the total predictor, is their line under? So, like, are they both under? It's not just that. It's like, well, are they under, but are they trending up? from like being super under. So it, it's, it, it takes a lot of, or at least a little bit of like extra research and understanding of the tools, but I do like score predictors uh, or the score predictor. And I do like um, the total predictor. And for baseball, another good one is the, uh, the team strength uh, oscillator. Um, so I've been using that uh, or those tools for it. Um, and again, it's just to see like, all right, does it agree? So like for the money line, if I say, uh, you know, again, the Yankees are going to win, but let's say in this situation, the score predictor, the oscillator and like my own graph that I built in Excel, if they all disagree with what my model says, then it's like, oh, my model missed something. There's, there's something that I'm missing. If all three of these other indicators are, you know, not agreeing with it. All right. And do you use any systems or rather tools outside of the Zico community as well that you benefit from? Uh, only uh, what I've built. Um, I, I don't like. <laughs> but I mean, what I've built has been uh, derived from what I have like researched online, uh, basically oh. like what are how did other people build their models? And you can find like some pretty cool stuff on YouTube um, and just kind of figuring out what stats uh, do you want to track? And uh, so, yeah, outside of Z code is purely like my models that I have built. Cool, cool. Um, so there was a question which I was, I should have asked you before we went into talking about Z code is how did you get into Z code? What, what drove you to the community? And when? Uh, so this was last, uh, probably around last August or nope, nope, September, last September. Um, I was just like messing around on YouTube looking for uh, like if anyone on YouTube had like any good like betting systems or whatever, um, which isn't like I'm not suggesting anybody do that. It's, in fact, it's a terrible idea because you're going to go down the rabbit hole of uh, absolute terrible human beings that are claiming that they're amazing at sports betting and you should buy all of their packages. Uh, so somebody in the comments of one video said, man, I've been using Z code and it's been great. So that one thing led me to search for Z code and then uh, watch some like video reviews on Z code and everything. And I think the next day, like I went ahead and signed up. 
Um, so yeah, it, it was one simple YouTube comment on a video that had like 103 views. Uh, that's all it took. <laughs> I love hearing stories like this because <laughs> they're so, mm-hmm. ra- so random. <laughs> oh, of, of course. And it's like, and then when I, like, I found it, I'm like, holy crap, like this is, it was a, a kind of like you said over, uh, earlier, it's overwhelming at first. Yeah, it's overwhelming in a in a good way. For some people, it might be a bit too much, but that that's that's what defines the the mm-hmm. ones who want to stay and actually make money long term versus the ones who just uh, join and want a quick buck. Well, that's even with like yeah, ex- well, exactly, yeah. Like you have to look at the thing long term. Uh, it's a uh, even in like the Z code training, like when you first sign up, they're like, hey, don't do like don't commit to anything for thirty days, like don't just start betting like figure out z code for 30 days before you put money on it and of course me i'm like nope day one we're betting everything so it's like (laughs) no there's a reason the people who built this platform they're saying don't even use our platform or don't put money based on our platform for at least 30 days because there is so much to unpack it's a lot thrown at you and you know it takes time to truly understand okay well what what is the volatility oscillator tool and exactly how does it work and is it a good indicator for their sport or it, you you have to take time to truly use z code for what it is and yep. also avoid like there's uh, this enticement to follow every single expert uh and every single day you have a new z code user or member that will post their results from the previous day and man Every day there's somebody who just got done having an amazing day where they got five, uh, eight, ten units, and you're like, oh, I'm going to follow them and follow every pick. Well, no, go back three days. Go back the past week. How have they performed every single day, or did you just catch them on, you know, the one good day this week? Yeah. I was about to ask you a question, and then it just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the list here, um, and it's not, it's it's outside of the list. Um, yeah. So, what sort of sports are you going to look into once MLB and the NBA seasons are over? Which obviously we still have a lot of time, but <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I'm at the point now. I am. Uh, I do not have a problem like shutting down me like posting MLB picks and I I'd love to actually take this season and track it out, uh, use my system, evolve the system and then use this as like a learning year. Cause you know, I'm saying like, yeah, I'm just getting into baseball and I'm just getting into betting on it. Like it's a lot at one time, uh, especially when there are other members on Z code that are like, killing it with baseball uh for instance i know a uh, valdemar his like his power system or anything he bets on baseball go with that uh i think he's up like 20 something units maybe uh this season so far so he's a great uh member to follow i know a uh, philippe lately that's a new one that i just started following so these are people that actually watch this sport so g- go with them like their picks are are great uh and I'm not doing NBA now just because it's the playoffs and playoffs are a whole different animal. So once baseball is finished up, you're looking at, well, the end of baseball season is when uh, NHL and NBA come back. And I am so excited for NBA to come back. Uh, and I'm actually pumped for NHL too. So those are two uh, leagues or sports that what I'm doing now um, a couple of big projects that I'm working on and I just started on the NBA one towards the end of this NBA season uh, I something clicked in my brain I switched up my model and like I just started killing it the last uh, third of the NBA season everything like just started working Um, so what I'm doing now is I'm going back all the way to the start of this NBA season and treating it as, all right, what if I was using my updated model since the beginning of the season to figure out, was it a fluke? Was that last third of the season? Was that just some fluke 
or did I actually figure something out? Uh, so I'm giving it a true test um, as like I'm taking each day. I'm not even looking at the results yet, you know, and I'm putting it in my model. Um, so it's it's look, it's a pain in the ass. It takes time, but it's fun. I love it. And I truly believe like if the numbers work out like I think they will going into next season, it'll just be a plug and play with the model. It's not going to be, oh, I, I really got to spend time figuring out how do I want to, you know, use the model this way? And no, I want to have that figured out for NBA and I will do the same for NHL. I think a lot of the same philosophies kind of roll over between uh, most of the sports um, and NHL. There aren't that many variables. They'll switch up goalies every once in a while, which is that's cool. But uh, it's not like baseball where you have a different pitcher every day. Um, you know, is it an indoor outdoor game? None of that stuff. Uh, so I think I can truly figure out NBA and NHL and leading into the next seasons. Uh, we, we can have a lot of fun with those. Cool. So second last question. <laughs> who's winning the NBA season 2022? Uh, oh, who's winning the championship this year? Yeah. Uh, I'm going Warriors, man. Oh, same, same. <laughs> I, and you know what's interesting? So... Uh, Real quick, uh, like going back to that project with the NBA, I am seeing some really interesting things because I'm only uh, like maybe 10 days into tracking the system, uh, which is so I'm up to like December 1st. I, I don't I don't have any bets for like the first 10 to 15 games because I need to get the data set going. And in the NBA, I use like a trailing 10 to 15 game season. And it kind of goes back to like, if I'm in betting in February, I'm not using stats that go back to October or November. The Boston Celtics at the end of the season were not the same team that they were at the beginning of the season. But you can see some interesting things happening. For instance, the Phoenix Suns, who owe me a lot of money now, uh, they were doing uh at the beginning of the season they had three games in a row where they were supposed to cover as an away favorite and they won those three games in a row but they missed covering by like one to three points so to me it's saying okay they were good but they were still underperforming based on what the market was saying. And there's little tidbits like that. And early in the season when the Warriors were amazing, yeah, they were full force. And then, you know, Draymond goes out for most of the season. And so you can start seeing like a lot of the teams, but then you get weird flukes. Like the Pacers did great at the beginning of the season and they ended up becoming trash towards the end. The New Orleans Pelicans started off terrible and then I think when they accepted the fact that Zion Williamson was not going to play for the season and he doesn't even want to be in New Orleans anymore, they got over it. They made some amazing trades for the trade deadline and ended up, you know, making it to the playoffs. So I think it's it, it's fun doing this little backtracking because um, you can almost see the, the patterns early on that ended up, you know, coming out at the end of the season as like, oh, I probably could have predicted that. Uh, same thing with, like, the Lakers. Early in the season, um, you could see that this is not going to be the Lakers season. Yeah, it was meant to be. I uh, mean, and that's another one. The, the owner came out and said, man, you know, when you spend this much money on these players, uh, you expect a different outcome. So uh, I, I think that, that was one of the big disappointments for a lot of people were the Lakers. But I know there was a guy who put a few thousand on the Lakers not making the playoffs. Uh, before the season, and he cashed out quite nicely on that one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All right. So, last question, Dustin. This was a great conversation. I, oh, I loved it. I'm oh, just going to ask I, you. I, I enjoyed it too. Go ahead. <laughs> just, I just wanted to ask you are you working on any new systems? Yeah. So, I am taking that NBA season and I'm making it more robust. Uh, so, I wasn't using any uh, any like Z code indicators uh, towards the end of the NBA season this year. So now what I'm doing as I'm going back is uh, again 
tracking everything, but I am looking at every game and a possibility of making four bets. So you have uh, the spread, you have the money line, and then you have the over-under. And then I have, I'm calling it like an insurance bet, um, just because I haven't thought of a better name for it. But if you're going to bet on the spread, uh, if you tease the spread, usually if you tease it four points, you can get a minus 200 or 1.5 odds on it. Meaning if you place a two unit wager on that, then you can profit one unit. And the idea is if you're confident enough in that team to cover the spread, well then obviously they should, you know, they're going to win that insurance bet if they win the spread. But if they don't cover the spread, but they're within four points of it, then you win that insurance bet and it'll cancel. It basically cancels out like betting on the spread. Uh, so I've been tracking that and that's been actually uh, amazing. But what I'm doing is I am comparing like Z code tools to what my uh, model is saying. And I'm going as far as like looking at the volatility um, oscillator for the spread and the money line. Uh, the score predictor is really good. Uh, with money line and spread. Um, one thing that I found was not the best tool in NBA is good in other sports, but the team strength oscillator um, <clears throat> for the spread has not been that great. Uh, so I took that out of the system, but it's like 20, almost 30 columns in my spreadsheet. And I've pretty much automated the whole thing, which I'm really proud of. But it is insane how much detail I'm going into. And I think what I'm going to do is, like, I'll just go through the whole season and then go back and see, okay, how well, like, because I'm tracking, how well did the score predictor do? Uh, how well did the volatility oscillator do, the total predictor, all of that stuff. Uh, so it's basically trying to get uh, a bunch of extra support from what my model is saying to decide if I'm actually going to place that bet or not. Um, and then I'm tracking every single day, like, you know, how many prop there are days. There was one day there's like, God, 15 units that it made, but then, you know, four days later you get like a negative 10 unit day. So it's to go through it and then see, all right, what's it going to do in the long term? Cause that's, what's important. Awesome. Justin, I wish you best, best of luck yeah. with, uh, with all of that. You know, it's it's been great having you on podcast. For sure. Thank you, Jake. You have a good one over there, right? Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our Z-Code Sports Betting Podcast, where insider systems, secrets, and tools are revealed to help you win on sports betting. If you have a comment or question, make sure to visit us at www.zcodesystem.com. Download our free sports prediction tools and join our VIP club to follow winning systems from people who make a living betting sports professionally. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. See you next time.